You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And today we are talking about choices. So in America, we love our choices. We, we do. We love our freedom. <laughs> we want options. We want a certain make and model and color car. We get irritated when the shoes we want only come in taupe and not camel. <laughs> when it comes time to vote, we sure do want our choice of candidate on the ballot. So in the course of a day, most of us make hundreds of choices from the very small, which underwear do we wear today, to the bigger stuff. What school is our child going to go to? Or what are we going to do to take care of our aging parents? And as moms, we make decisions not only for ourselves, but for all the littles we're responsible for and our families as a whole. It goes on and on, right? So many decisions in a day. <laughs> well, psychology, there's been tons of studies that show that the piling on of all these decisions results in something called decision fatigue. And especially in 2020, I think we've all felt this more than usual, but um, they actually have shown that judges rule more for parole in the mornings when they've made fewer decisions. So if you're going to court, try to get that scheduled in the morning. That is so interesting. Uh, nurses tend to make less efficient and more expensive clinical decisions the longer they've gone without a break. And our capacity for making decisions can get worse after making many of them. That's why they put those impulse buy items by the cash register. Because we once we've chosen and gone through the grocery store with all those options, we're more likely to give in to that candy bar on our way out. Wow. Yeah. So That's good information. It is. It's just, you know society and, and psychology knows what's up with that uh, we have some friends from Africa who every time they come home on furlough the grocery store alone is like this crazy aisle after aisle of 57 cereal choices and you know there's 15 different apple colors to choose from yes. it's very overwhelming yes I could imagine I could imagine that so when it comes to our children there's a lot of parenting advice advocating to give your children lots of choices mm -hmm. and you can see where that would come from based on what we've just described in our culture and it is true that making good choices can empower you and teach you to make future good choices as Better well choices right but um it does empower them bonnie yeah it does <laughs> but when we're talking about young children it we believe that it might not empower them or help them in the ways that you're looking for exactly when you're doing that yes and the key what you just said there i think was young children um so toddlers maybe up into early elementary um years so you and i renee have taught parenting classes for like what 20 something years and one of the concepts that we touch on in this class is about exactly this and um this class comes from resources that you can find at growingfamilies.life super fabulous material um it's changed countless families lives for the better I highly highly recommend it I agree I, I can't recommend it highly enough if you like what you hear on on this podcast go search them search them yeah out. go find them um so let's just consider <laughs> a scenario what's so what's so wrong with choices right so a typical day in your household um your toddler gets up it's breakfast time so you go into the kitchen and you say hey here's the here's your orange juice and your child says, well, I want to have milk. And you're like, okay, fine. 
here's milk. I'm giving you the milk in a red cup. And they say, no, I want, I want the blue cup, mommy. Okay, fine. Here's the, here's the blue cup. That's fine. And very polite all the oh, while. Yeah. Can I please? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, okay, here, I'm making you a waffle. No, no, no. I want to have cereal. All right, fine. Cereal. Cereal's easier. I'll do cereal. That's no big deal. And then it comes time. The morning wears on. Um, it's time to read a book. No, I'd rather watch my video. All right, fine. Time is time. You watch your video. Um, while you're getting ready, they're wandering around the house. While you're doing the dishes, maybe they get into the bathroom cupboard. They get into something they're not supposed to. There's playtime and free time and all the stuff that goes into your normal morning, right? Um, the snacks come out. You want Cheerios or how about some goldfish? Oh, I'd rather have a granola bar. Okay. Okay. We got that too. I'll give you a granola bar. Um, How about we play with toys now? How about about these trains? No, I want to play with these dolls over here. Okay, fine. Dolls are good too. We'll play with dolls. Um, So (laughs) then you're going to go on an errand. Well, I want to, I want to put myself in the car seat, right? So they, okay, fine. You're independent. You put yourself in the car seat. Um, push them in the cart. Do you want to sit up front in the basket or do you want to, um, you know, stand in the cart in the back? Well, I'm going to be in the cart because that way I can play with my trains. Okay, fine. Get home, get ready for lunch. You put lunch on the table and then it's nap time and you say, okay, it's time for a nap. It's 12 o'clock. We got to go to this, this thing and be ready to pick up sister from school. And then all of a sudden what happens? Meltdown. Meltdown. You're yeah. making me tired just doing this scenario. <laughs> no, I don't want to have a nap. I want to play with this other thing. No, it's time for a nap. I told you it's time for a nap. Like, what don't you understand? So wasn't that mom a sweet mom? Because she was giving them all kinds of choice. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Wasn't she being thoughtful and kind? Right. This is, people have very strong feelings about this, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've met some moms who think it is terrible to do anything other than what you just described. They think you're um, thwarting your children's agency and mm-hmm. they don't, you're, you're stifling their voice okay, and things like that. Um, but what they're not seeing is perhaps maybe the bigger picture and that that road is not taking them where they think it is. Okay. That road is not taking them to um, a child who believes that they um, can happily submit to their mom and dad when the time comes it's it's actually doing the opposite I think of what a lot of moms want it to do okay so let's talk about the difference between let's talk about what's going on here in this scenario why yeah why is that tell me more why does it matter so um there are moral choices and there are amoral choices and a lot of those you described actually probably all of them I think all described were amoral yeah there was no right doesn't really matter which is why you would just let this go on and on throughout your morning right oh I don't care you ask nicely red cup blue cup doesn't really matter right what snack you eat what breakfast you have what activity you're doing um but choices are really a form of power and in in our family they were a privilege yes ours too so um I think I think that that is key that choice is power yes Choice is power. Let that sink in, dear listeners. So how much power are you willing to hand over to your two-year-old or your three-year-old or your four-year-old? Right. So a guiding principle for our family was whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. And so we believed that you had to show yourself trustworthy in the small things. And in in this case, it would be um, your ability to happily relinquish your ability to make a choice. Okay. To allow mom or dad to make that choice for you 
and there is no meltdown. You happily submit to that. Okay. So your two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old doesn't know the difference. No, they don't. So the difference with them, blue cup, red cup, and mom telling me to go take a nap, same thing. Right. And you, and I've, I, the two-year-old, have already made a dozen good choices, and my mom was happy with it. Right. All through the day, every single thing she asked you to do, no, I'd rather do this. And you're like, okay. So the nap was just another suggestion. Right. <laughs> that you didn't feel like you wanted to take at right. the time. Yeah. So how can you tell, Bonnie, if you're giving your child too many choices? Well, just like adults at the checkout line, having decision fatigue all day long, um, what that does to us is it re- it uh, reduces our ability to have any self-control. It <laughs> So just think about that. And we're adults. Like, I'm you know, many decades down the road. So my two-year-old or three-year-old is going to get way more tired quicker with that. So their behavior is going to melt down. Um, it's going to deteriorate. Everything becomes an issue. So you're going to have World War Three over wanting to wear a bathing suit to preschool. Right. Um, there's going to be very little self-control and you're going to find yourself feel like that you're putting fires out all day long because they're making constant messes. They're pulling every single toy out in the playroom. Um, They are refusing to get in and out of the car the way that you want them to. Um, Just refusing instruction in general because eh, that's just another choice I got to make. So, okay, in terms of moral and amoral choices to summarize, what you're saying is that um, you want to give the amount or number of choices that matches their moral maturity. And this is this is an art. This is not a science. We cannot give you numbers. (laughs) Right. Right. Two choices for a two-year-old. Doesn't work that way. No, no, no. But um, as a child's moral maturity improves, yes, they can be and should be interested to make more choices. That's what you're wanting them to do. Right. That's your proving ground. Correct. But they have to earn that. Correct. So you're not just saying, okay, because my three-year-old is able to go in and turn the TV on and put in a, vi- a video and decide what he wants to watch, that he should do that. Right. Because he's able to. He doesn't necessarily get to. He has to earn that. Right. So, yeah, again, with kids, this can be tricky because you can have some very physically adept children. Mm. You should ha- can have some very intellectually adept children. And you think that they that their moral maturity is in line with, you know, one of those two things. Mm-hmm. That's not always the case. Right. You need to be discerning, okay, yes, maybe they're showing that they're very, very bright, you know, and um, an early reader can do all these things. That doesn't mean that um, that their moral consciousness has caught up with where their intellect is. Yeah. Don't conflate the two. Right. And each kid is different. So it, this is especially true. I think you see it a lot when you've got um, several older siblings who have paved the way and the younger one just wants to do what brother and sister are doing. So... Ah, that's a good they point. very easily mimic what brother and sister are doing, but they don't know why. They don't know the context. They don't know that brother and sister have had to work their way there. But, you know, I should get to do this too. So that's not necessarily the case either. So if we've convinced our listeners that perhaps maybe they're giving their children too many choices, is there something they can do, Bonnie, to, to figure out if they have or not? Yeah, well, in our class, um, we ask, maybe you don't know yet. Do I? Do I give my kids too many choices? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Simple test that you can try. Tomorrow morning, when you get up in the morning and you wake up your precious little toddler and bring them to the breakfast table, you just say, we're having waffles this morning. 
and you give them their plate and you give them the orange juice in the red cup and that's the end of it and you see what happens yeah see dun, what happens dun, dun. <laughs> so maybe as I'm describing that scenario you're already cringing and you already know what's gonna happen and you already know oh no 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 like I can't do that it's almost like you're afraid of your own child I can't do that because uh they're gonna want something else and then what if I don't give in it's, well you're starting gonna the be day some off conflict yes, right you're starting the day off with conflict mm -hmm. so um to explain again being addicted to choice means you can't handle it when you aren't given a choice. That's how you know your child's addicted to choice. Um, and you know your child. So for one of my children, what they wore was very important to them. That was an easy choice for me to see kind of, oh, let's just see where she is right now. You'll know which one it is. <laughs> Dear Emma, she had very strong opinions on what she wanted to wear. So if I laid out what she was wearing for the day and she put that on without a fight, I knew, oh, okay, we're good. She can continue. She can handle to, more choices. Choose, choose her clothes, which she did have an opinion at at three. Mm -hmm. And Houston didn't care for many, many years. So yeah. that wasn't a good test for him. Know your child. That's a good point. Um, yeah. So what would have happened if you laid out her clothes and she threw a big fit? Oh, then she doesn't get to choose. So I'll, I would probably go two, three, four days of choosing her clothes and, until I see. Um, and she was pretty compliant, so it would probably only take about that. If you have a really strong-willed child, it may go a lot more than two or three or four days. But if, if after two or three or four days, I saw she was happily putting on what I laid out for her, mm -hmm. then she gets the choice back. Okay. And then I go a week or two, and I'd go back and test again and just see. Okay. That's pretty, pretty simple. Yeah. It's, it's not rocket science. It's just yet another tool in your tool bag, moms. There that you go. you're going to have to pull out. Right. Because we um, are fond of saying that if mom is frustrated frequently throughout the day, it's probably a choice issue. It's probably because you're giving too many choices. So um, what you can do is pull in those choices. Just take them all away and you can explain it to them. Um, and you should explain it to them. This is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it. When you can show me that you can handle something I'm telling you to do, then we'll consider giving you that freedom of more choices later on down the road. Yeah, we use the phrase happy heart a lot. So we're looking for, your, for a happy heart from you. When you can do that with a happy heart, then we know that you're okay to have that choice back. And so, yeah. Um, and again, the stakes are high. I mean, you are, you are trying to work towards moral maturity and you are trying to um, set them up to have the ability to make choices. I mean, the end goal here is to actually provide more choices. Right. You don't want to stay in this, I'm picking out your clothes until you're 18. No. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is critical because as you go down the road, if it's just wide open and your toddler elementary school like, has always made all the choices, it's pretty much going to look like they're ruling the house at that point. Just being blunt. <laughs> That's what it's going to look like. Um, you all but, have a friend who does this. Yeah, you, you know the people. <laughs> so as young adults, though, those behaviors are going to, um, they're going to continue to make their choices because that's what they're used to. And not only used to, but addicted to. Because if they can't handle not having it, that's an addiction. Um, it's going to turn into more weighty matters. Like maybe they get married to one person to decide, nah, I'd rather have the other person. Um, maybe they can't keep a job or there's a lot of instability in their job because they're never satisfied. They might have trouble f um, following through with classes or deadlines at school. Um, and maybe you've heard of something, it's an entire lobby and political statement called pro-choice. So, because the idea of being anti-choice is crazy. crazy. We can't handle that. It's a negative that. connotation. Yeah, they right. want to make it sound positive. Yeah. 
Yes. So, okay. So say our dear listeners had did the breakfast test and it was a disaster. So what next? Then you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Look what's on our hands we now. Have okay. We have a problem. Yeah. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> so, yeah, I think if they're old enough and even as young as two or three, I, kids are old enough to understand. You just say, oh, gosh, I'm sorry, guys. You know, we've goofed. Mom and dad, we've goofed. Um, we're going to set things straight. And you just set them up. Things are going to be a little different from here on out. So step one, explain what's happening. Mm-hmm. Step two, you're going to pull in all those choices like Bonnie just mentioned. You're going to bring those boundaries way, way, way in. And you're going to make all the choices for a while. And and do it on every matter. It, it actually simplifies your day. Yeah. You know, when you get a compliant child, which mine were characterized by after we worked on this for several years, it's easy to get lazy and continue to make the choices because life is swimming along so simply and without conflict and so you do want to always be growing you know you want to you want to bring them in with the idea that no no we're going to let them out it's going to be a wavy line in Mm -hmm. terms of boundaries you're going to let them out you're going to bring them back in let them out bring them back in um, because we're not robots right I think it's a good idea it's very eye-opening to maybe sit down with your spouse and just make jot down a list like what comes to mind how what things is my kid deciding throughout the day no matter what age they are, what things are they deciding? And, and then <laughs> maybe chart it with a, okay, attitude. How much attitude am I getting during the day? How much refusal or non-compliance or all the things am I getting during the day? And then it's just really interesting to go back later. Okay, we've pulled in all the choices. Now what does the attitude look like? I think you'll be really surprised. Yeah, you'll be pleased. I, I think so. And then how, number step three, how do you know when to offer them choice again? Well, when they can respond to not having one with composure and like you said, with a happy heart. So maybe, in fact, I used to teach my kids this when we went into the store. Um, You know, they're constantly asking for, oh God, can I have that cookie or can I have this thing or whatever? Um, I would teach them response. Oh, well, maybe next time. Mm. It kind of let them, you know, it wasn't ceasing all hope for the future, but it was. right. Yeah, okay, I'm going to be I'm going to be good with that. And when they can hear themselves sort of vocalize, "Oh, well, maybe next time." Then they were good to go. There's hope for the future. And then step 4, if you're going to do this, seriously, moms, you're probably going to have a bad week. Yeah, it's you're going to yeah. heighten your conflict instead of diminish it. Yes. But only in the very short term. Yes. It's it's so worth it. Short-term pain, long-term gain. I think we yes. said in another po- podcast, right? Right. So just know Oh, that's, yeah, next couple of days is probably going to be bad. It's going to hurt a little bit. But step five, what happens, Bonnie? Yes, then you're going to start. I promise. I promise. You will start to see an amazing change in your child's all-around behavior, not just when they come to a choice point, but in lots of other areas. When they realize that you guys are in charge and they've got boundaries in place, it gives your child security, great security, and it releases their little psyches from decision fatigue and all the resulting lack of self-control and the meltdowns that that causes. So yes, Bonnie, yes. Be- so it, be- it's not mean. No, <laughs> no, believe in your own authority, moms. I, I think um, we've started to see a change in the young moms we, we work with and the last maybe year or two where authority is a dirty word. We understand why. Mm-hmm. So many authority structures and figures have let you down. But y- your God-given authority as a parent is supposed to bless your children. 
Right. They need someone to guide and lead them. Yeah. Don't put, don't put too much pressure on them too soon. You take that. You take that responsibility. Mm -hmm. You take the heat for that. And then step six, you're just going to test regularly. Now that you're living in this harmonious state of (laughs) balanced choices, you're going to offer choices randomly. And you can even um, tell them what you're doing. When you can say, okay, mommy, with a happy heart, you're telling me that you are mature enough to make a good choice. And I can give you that freedom. Right. And if if you can't, like if, you know, maybe they're doing good at breakfast for a while and you're just like, huh, maybe their attitude is falling apart in some other area of your day. So you just sort of do the breakfast test again. And that's another little clue. Oh, well, shoot. That, that didn't work so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess I need to look around in my day and see where some choices are getting out of hand and just bring them back in again. There's it's there's no punishment involved. Right. right. It's just um, pulling in the boundaries a little bit and then letting them back out again. It's not a punishment. It's not a consequence even necessarily. It's just a, I'm helping guide you through what you can and can't do during the day. This is how we're going to be living our lives. Because yeah. freedoms are earned. Mm-hmm. They're not just granted. Right. In a, in a healthy home. Freedoms are earned. Just because you're 16 doesn't mean you get the driver's license in the car. You have to prove that. You're able and willing and capable to do that beforehand. I saw that a lot in the homeschool community. They were um, parent, homeschool parents seemed very willing to hold off on those teen years on what our culture would say normally. Okay, at 15, you get your permit. At 16, you get your license. You know, parents would say, no, you know, I'm not seeing what I need to see in my child. We're going to hold off on that. We'll check back in in six months and see if if we feel like you're ready. Same is true for like anything, technology, phones, um, computer access. Gosh. Yeah. After school activities, if you or having friends over, if your behavior after your friends come over is crazy insane and you've lost, <laughs> lost your mind. <laughs> hey, maybe we don't have friends over for a while because you didn't handle that very well. Right. Right. You can't handle that freedom. Yeah, sure. Um, totally appropriate. And actually you're blessing your children because you're setting them up for success and um, helping them to obey. So the empowerment here, we're not necessarily kind of in a twisty way, not taking the power away from our kids because we're telling them when you can show me that you're able and mature enough to own this, you can have that choice back. You're, you're handing them actually all the power. It's your choice, buddy. Can you, can you do it or can you not? That's true. That's very true. And I, um, I'm not sure I always thought of it that way. When I was like in the midst of it, but you're right. You are giving them, it's, it's in your hands. You want this to take three weeks or you want to take three days? Yeah. It's up to you. Check your, yeah. You show me. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's really empowering. And I think your kid actually rises to the occasion. So you're not giving them power, ultimate power in making every single choice throughout their day. You're giving them power in their attitude Mm -hmm. and how they respond to you um, which ultimately is... Don't we all want that? Gosh, way better down the road. Yeah. I want to be empowered over my attitudes, the whims of my feelings. Me too. I want to be jerked around by that. But makes you much more likable and a more productive member of society. So Better friend, a better spouse down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So like everything else, um, this is going to be different for each child. So you might have different boundaries for each kid which makes it more confusing and a little more work for you. But like we said, your five-year-old can turn on the TV, but should he? Um, Should your two-year-old be watching the same things that your five-year-old is? Probably not. So just, it's different for each kid. And 
I know all your older siblings out there are probably thinking, yeah, well, I didn't get to do such and such until I was 12 years old and my little brother came along and my parents let him do whatever they wanted. That's a lot the result of something like this. So mm-hmm. um, your oldest child's going to have the fairness radar going on. And it's you can explain to the oldest one too, maybe the younger one's got there quicker than you did. Yes. And we also just told um, Houston, our second one, we, we learned, we learned some with the first one. And we told him of that too. We're like, you know, we were probably a little bit too strict, uh, you know, in this area. And we're with your brother, we're going to be a little more um, lax in this area, be a little bit more freedom. And you can just say that. I mean, you don't, it doesn't have to be some big secret, you know, like <laughs> you're a different person. Like the parents in the back room. <laughs> yeah, like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. Just tell them, you know, we're we're learning. We're trying to exercise wisdom and discernment. That's our job. Mm-hmm. And this is what we think is best. And we love you and we want what's best for you. Yeah, everybody's different. So um, open the bumpers and be there to guide your children back to appropriate um, boundaries. So say your kid's making their school lunch, maybe third, fourth, fifth grade. I don't know. We didn't make school lunches. We just made lunch. You just had them. Right. <laughs> we just had lunch. But um, I did try to teach my children, um, okay, here's what a healthy lunch looks like. You want a piece of fruit. You want some vegetables. You, yeah. want, you want some sort of protein. Yeah. And if, um, or I taught Emma at, at one stage, the girl loved ice cream. I taught her how to scoop ice cream and I told her what an appropriate amount a scoop was. <laughs> If it's she, not the whole mixing bowl, that's right. Come if on. she began to scoop too much ice cream, it's like you know what? You don't get the freedom to serve yourself ice cream. You know, I'm going to pull that back. Which, by the way, I heard that she learned in our little tiny ice cream bowls because they were tiny on purpose, right? Uh-huh. She learned how to press the ice cream in really, really densely so that she could get more. <laughs> so she got me on that. Like one. you pack the brown Emma. sugar, <laughs> pack brown sugar. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, just just be there to guide him back and say, no, you know, I'm going to help you make your lunch or I'm going to help you do whatever for a while until you can demonstrate better judgment. So yeah. So if they're throwing in Twinkies, donuts. Yeah. Okay. Clearly you're not understanding the concept of lunch. I'm sorry. I gave you that freedom. A lot of times too with kids, they will, you give them a freedom. Say you give them the lunch freedom. Okay. You make that, make your lunch for school. You're doing good. And then you find that, um, you know, when they come home from school, they their lunchbox goes on the counter and now they're in the pantry and they're digging out all this other. They've kind of stretched that freedom that you've given them in one area with food to like all the other areas. Yeah, that's that's true. So that can kind of slide without you realizing it. So um, just be aware. It just takes a little extra mental, I don't know, awareness to look around and see. I don't think I ever told you that that was okay for you to do uh-huh. like how did you get there because kids okay. can be serious opportunists oh like, gosh they're masters <laughs> yeah they'll definitely try that one on you so okay other sneaky ways we give too many choices though bonnie there's some other there's some other ways that we're ac- unintentionally accidentally giving too many choices yes um one of these is like the way they talk to you um, so your teen might inform you, Hey, I'm going to Bethany's after school. Um, what you think? Oh, that's nice. They, they checked in with me. They let me know what's going on whatever. But think about the way that happened. <laughs> <laughs> they just told you what they were going to do. So, or your, um, I don't know, your elementary school child says, 
uh, after school, hey, I'm going outside in the backyard to play. Well, there's nothing wrong with going outside in the backyard to play, but they told you they were going to do that. That was their choice. Instead their of agenda, asking. Right? Yes. Yeah. So you just require what? Just just ask me. Can I please hey, go outside hey, to play? Hey. Can you re- reword that for me, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about we say that another way? Mm-hmm. And they usually are like, oh, yeah, I mean... Is it okay if I go to Bethany's after school? <laughs> Does that fit in with the family schedule? Right, right. Yes. And here's another one um, moms of young children do that it, it it's like needles. I mean, needles. It's like fingernails on a chalkboard. Once you're aware of it, you Once hear it aware, everywhere. It, it's a trigger for me. <laughs> it's tacking on the word okay at the end of every command. Let's go get your shoes on. Okay. It's time mm. to go put on our jacket. Okay. It's time for lunch. Come sit at the table, okay? You're making everything. What's wrong with that? You're making everything a question. You're giving them choices in every single thing. Because what if it's not okay? What with if them? it's not okay? <laughs> nah, no shoes for me today, thanks. Right. You've just asked them, and if if you catch yourself doing this, you just say, "Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ask you that. We're getting our shoes on right now." There you go. And you just bring them to you, and you carry on. Because your mom, and it's totally fine to direct your child to do something. It's totally fine. Um, another one is just flat out asking them, which I've also heard. Um, you want to get in your chair now? Oh, Are you ready for bed? No. No, of course no child's ever ready for bed. <laughs> no. I'm not tired. I'm just, I can barely keep my eyes open, but no, I'm not tired. Yeah, so don't ask when what you mean is this is what we're doing. Just Correct. give them instruction. Correct. And then another way, and this will just bless you moms if you do this, toy rotation. Oh my goodness. So one way to limit your children's choices is take a peek in your playroom. Does it look like Toys R Us, which I guess no longer exists, but does it look like a big old toy store in there? Is it just full, full, full? That's too many it's too many choices. Well, you can have a playroom and then you have a bedroom and then it bleeds over into the living room yeah, and the kitchen. Yeah, toys in there and there's some in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Too much. Yeah. How many toys do kids need? Right. Uh, I mean, I know this is America and all, but. <laughs> and, and I know it's a, it's a battle if you have grandparents and birthday parties and, and you know, we want to give you presents. We love you. But rotating toys was a big help for me. I really, I really benefited yes. as a mom from doing Me too. this. And it saves you a ton of money. Mm-hmm. I like to just say that because mm-hmm. um, back in our, we did a podcast several months ago called Go Outside and Play. Do you remember that yes, with Jamie Langley, with Jamie, yeah. our play therapist? She was so great. And um, th- we talked about this with her a little bit that um, she finds in her play therapy that if you give a child four toys instead of 16 options, they tend to play with them better and longer and more creatively um, you're getting more out of those toys. You're getting bang for your buck. So clever. Those toys. And they play with them in many different ways. Um, and they're just happier. So, um, you don't, have, <laughs> I mean, Christmas can be, they forget about stuff too. Put stuff in a box up there, uh, you know, for a month or two and they forget that they had them and you bring them back out and it's like, Hey, Christmas in February. Absolutely. It, it is. I forget we had them. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I forgot we had that thing. And it's crazy to me um, that fewer toys improves cognitive development. Yeah, because you're, I think you're for, being forced to use your imagination uh, and stuff more, and you're using them in, I don't know, different ways. So your your trucks might be able to talk to each other if you, okay, I don't have a little people to play with. I'm just going to make my trucks, trucks talk to each other. Stuff like that, I think, is it's cool to watch. 
So they're they're more varied with how they play with them. They're less distracted. They're happier. They play longer. Everyone's better. And they're not as apt to pull out every single thing on your. I mean, how yeah. many how many moms are frustrated with the playroom situation? It's always chaos. It's always a mess. Um, it's a constant battle to clean it up. Mm-hmm. We just don't have that if you have fewer toys. Absolutely. So put the toys in a box. Put them in boxes. I bet you need more than one. Yeah, I bet you do too. I'm pretty sure I did. I bet you hundred dollars. So it, you'll be you'll be blessed by that. That's good. So there's several scriptures that really uh, deal with what we're talking about here when we're t- talking about the heart of our children and what choices do to that, to the heart of our children, the moral maturity of our children. Proverbs warns: Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And again. Uh, later in Proverbs, you you read, do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them. And Isaiah writes, woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. And the Apostle Paul reiterates this in his letter to the Romans. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate, associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. So how does choices make us wise in our own eyes? We bore our children. I think that we believe we have the capacity and the right and the power because it talks about being haughty. So that's a pride issue. It's, it's bringing out those sinful parts of our human nature um, and, and blowing them out with all the choices. So children are, this is a kind of a big picture philosophy of children. Children are born childish, they're innocent, they're naive, and they're also born foolish, which Proverbs describes as like liking their sin, liking to disobey, liking to rebel. So what we're trying to do is teach them to love holiness, teach them the beauty of walking with God, teaching them that there's a path in life that's a path of blessing, and that involves humility and submission and your own volition to make good choices. So premature choices are going to um, make your child think they're wiser than they are. Do you like to hang out with people who are wise in their own eyes? Oh, the smartest people in the room. <laughs> the ones who know something about everything and who can tell you why you're wrong about it all. It's yeah, they're my fun. favorite. It's, <laughs> it's not fun. We don't want our children to be that way. And so we really need to rein in the choice monster in our homes. You'll be blessed if you do that. Um, Anything God says again and again and again, and scripture should give us serious pause. We need to ask God to give us a spirit of wisdom, to teach us to lay down our pride, crucify our pride, and in the case of our young children, to keep it from growing in the first place. Yeah, because it's so much easier to start early. Um. So the ones of you with, with really young children who are just now getting into the twos and threes and when all this is starting to rear its head, start now and you will be so much further down the road and so blessed. It is, it is so, it's so much easier when you start any of these principles under age five. Um, it's like pruning um, a shrub in your yard. If you let it grow for several years and it gets all leggy and long, it's very traumatic. It's traumatic to the bush. To the bush. Yeah. To trim off those those huge branches. If you just gently trim, snip, snip, snip here and there each year, it's going to grow into this beautiful, beautifully shaped, healthy mm-hmm. bush that can actually produce more flowers or produce more fruit or more leaves. So you really do want to um, to do this as early as you can. And when was the best time to do this? Yesterday. 
<laughs> but the second best time to do it is now. So don't despair. If you've got children in elementary school or you think, oh, no, my teen is, is wise in their own eyes. We got to bring mm. this back. It's not too late. Yeah. That's a great point, though, what you just said about the teen thing. Because I think in our culture, um, we tend to do the opposite right? We tend to, let's give our young children um, freedom and expression and tons of room to explore themselves and all that. Um, So you open up that wide gate for all the choices because you think you're being benevolent and kind and sweet, right? And then it's going to prove, the road is going to (laughs) prove where it's going and dangerously so yeah um so we get to the fruit of that and then they're 13 14 whatever and you're like "Uh uh-oh like what is happening and that's where teenage years get the bad rap because a lot of kids have been given all these choices and freedoms and now they're old enough to make serious choices and freedoms like serious bad consequences that's right huge consequences yeah so american parenting is like an upside down funnel it's that wide open and then we get to the teen years and we freak out and the neck of the funnel gets really really tight and no one responds well to that no of course they rebel against not respond well to that so we were always proponents of flipping that funnel up the way it was supposed to be and you you have very little freedoms in the early years but really if you walk this with your children we can say now that our children are 21 and almost 24 that by the time they were 11 or 12 they actually had more freedoms than right. their peers because they'd proven themselves yes. faithful with little yes they had they had quite substantially more freedoms because we had been working on that through the elementary years so it's a really it's a path of blessing and that's why we wanted to share this is because we want that for your families right so like we say all the time take the long view take the long view and if you have fewer freedoms when they're small and if you do this breakfast test or imagine what the breakfast test would be like you already know um and it goes badly take the few days of pain get it back under control and you'll be blessed the rest so of the way blessed. yes yes so resources as usual are going to be available on our yep. website anything mm-hmm. we've mentioned here probably just that website we were talking about you can find that at just askyourmom.com and are we post every week on Facebook at Just Ask Your Mom with our new episodes and on Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom podcast. Yeah. And if you have questions or topics you'd like us to discuss here, we're always open to those. You can email us at Just Ask Your Mom podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, Just Ask, Ask Your Mom. Your Mom.